Hello, everyone. Welcome to the One Flesh Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The One Flesh Podcast is all about marriage, the essential union between man and woman. My goal is to help young men find a girlfriend and build a marriage worth having. I do that alongside the Sunday series of the Purpose Podcast, where I try to uh, help men find and fulfill their purpose. Uh, today, we've got another solo episode. Um, things are looking up, guys. Uh, I am I am uh, very excited. I actually got some uh, very good feedback uh, today, actually, about an hour before I'm recording this, uh, that they really liked my solo episodes. And so uh, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. But um, I do understand the need to get some guests on, especially for the Sunday series. And things are looking up. I'm getting more interest in guests. And I can confidently say... I have the recording. The recording is good. I'm not going to have to pull it down for any reason or delete it or not get to post it. Um, you will get a guest on Sunday. I am so ecstatic. Uh, the last three or four times I've tried to <laughs> get with a guest, it either didn't go through or, or something else happened. So uh, I am very excited to be able to confidently say that this Sunday uh, you get a guest. And so things are looking up uh, for the One Flesh podcast. I've said this a couple times, but I want to be very careful with what I put out there. Uh, because I think marriage, obviously finding your purpose and leadership and all of that is incredibly important, but um, it's easier to sniff out because it's a uh, such a specific topic. It's kind of easier to sniff out the BS when it comes to marriage, and I want to be very careful about that, so I don't let just anybody get on here. And it is a personal, it's a personal matter, and I've had issues where people come on here to talk about personal things, and even though I myself am comfortable with posting those personal things, they may not be. And so we record an episode and it just gets a little bit too personal with them. They don't want it on the internet. And so we got to, we got to either pull it down or uh, some of them never get posted. So um, I don't know how, uh, how much guests we're going to get on the solo episodes or uh, the, sorry, one flesh episodes, but we will have some, uh, we've got some in the works in the plans, but uh, we will be returning to your hopefully regularly scheduled uh, guest series uh, for the Purpose Podcast on Sundays. So uh, today I also got really good feedback from using leadership strategy and tactics to talk about marriage. So uh, last week's episode was don't lose the gunfight, or I think it was last week, maybe the week beforehand, was don't lose the gunfight, and it was all about not overreacting uh, in your marriage. And I read from leadership strategy and tactics and taught you guys kind of how I use that in my marriage, how I take those uh, business or team-focused leadership books and uh, move them into my marriage. And I'm going to do the exact same thing uh, today. I'm going to actually, I, I, I kind of, it, it's really funny how it happened, but what I like to do is open to random pages and see what strikes me, you know, see what I would like to talk about that day. And uh, I actually flipped to the, literally the next section and it struck me and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So we had don't overreact from Jocko Willink, leadership strategy and tactics, uh, page 114. We had that last week. Uh, we're going to don't care. So don't overreact and then don't care. They're literally, uh, one and then the other. So page 114 for don't overreact and page 116 for don't care. So uh, I thought that was really cool and it, it fits, man. Uh, it really does. I mean, that's why they're back. That's why they're back to back, but um, I really enjoyed it. So we're going to get into that today. Uh, this is titled, this little section is don't care inside of Jocko Willink leadership strategy and tactics page 116. There is another way to keep your reactions under control 
It is another form of detachment and is a very hard form of detachment to master. It's a form of detachment called I don't care. People are familiar with this idea in negotiations. It is the ability to walk away and it is a powerful weapon. Oh, you don't want to lower your price? That's fine. I don't care. Keep it. When you are a leader, not caring is a very powerful tool as well. You want to utilize your plan instead of mine? Cool. I don't care. You want me to do a crappy job for you that others find demeaning? Fine. I don't care. Oh, you want me to give someone else the opportunity to lead a project? Awesome. I don't care. I'll give them all the support I can. Yes, the ability to not care goes a long way, but it is also a hard ability to acquire. Why? Because it requires being able to subdue and subordinate the most powerful driving force a human being has, their ego. Uh, you could also break in the quote, uh, you could sub pride for that, especially if you want to take like a religious angle on this. Um, you know, pride is the deadliest of all sins or however you have heard that in multiple different ways. It's kind of elevating yourself uh, to, the, to the level of God, like making yourself sinful pride is, is making yourself God um, instead of in the image of a creator. So uh, when he says, you know, because it requires the ability to subdue and subordinate the most powerful driving force a human being has, uh, their ego, you could sub in pride for that. And again, from a religious standpoint, if you read this, uh, this is becoming kind of sort of a, a faith-based podcast, you would say that's not the most powerful driving force. The most powerful driving force is our soul or our mind or whatever it might be. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Hang on with me for a little bit. Uh, for most people, it's their ego is a very powerful driving force. So unbreak the quote. So it says, why? Because it requires you to uh, being able to subdue and subordinate the most powerful driving force a human being has, their ego. If you drill down on the things you care about, you will find that many of them are rooted in ego. Even the simple examples I just gave above. Being asked to do a crappy, demeaning task. Why does that make us mad? Because of our egos. A good leader in that situation can put their ego aside and simply get the job done, no matter how crappy the job is. The next example is giving someone else the opportunity to lead a project. This will obviously make my job easier, and I will no longer have responsibility for the whole project. Then why do people object to letting somebody else lead? Because it hurts our egos to give them up to give up leadership. And it hurts even more to give up leadership and then turn around and give support to the person who took your leadership position. But it only hurts your ego. When you dig deeper into what you care about, it is clear many of our feelings are tied to our egos. So we have to set them aside. Your ego drives you to want to win. It pushes you. It won't let you sleep. It doesn't care about anyone else. But if you really want to win to achieve ultimate, strategic, long-term victory, you must override your ego. You have to learn to not care. Because ego can also be very short-sighted. If you do the demeaning job, you show your humility and your willingness to sacrifice for the team. If you let someone else lead, you build trust and also reveal the confidence you have in your leadership capability. Those, those building blocks will propel you toward your ultimate goal and, here is the dichotomy, your ego will be satisfied. That's right, to actually win strategically in the long game, you have to not care. And to not care, you have to set aside your ego. So I like what he's saying here. Um, I really do. I mean, that's why I read it to you. But I want to qualify a few things real quick. When he says don't care, uh, there's a couple different uh, points in here that I think they're not contradictory, but you have to understand them. He says, but if you really want to win, 
to achieve ultimate strategic long-term victory, you must override your ego. You have to care about something. Okay, there's this thing called apathy. If somebody is apathetic, that means that they care about nothing. Um, this section is less about the ability to not care and more about the ability uh, when to pick and choose to not care. So we're going to stick in the business side of things for a second, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to the marriage. But um, this is less about the ability just to not care, because if it was don't care about anything, then um, you wouldn't be reading this book. You wouldn't be caring what other somebody else has to say. Uh, you would be a fat slob and you would never want to get better. That's not what we're saying here. He's saying that, you know, it's a leadership strategy and tactic. He's giving you references for how to use this tactic of putting aside your ego and not caring about that one thing, but you must care greatly about the overall uh, broad picture, the strategic goal, as he likes to call it. I say this all the time when I am uh, consulting or talking with people about uh, project scheduling. He who cares about the schedule most wins every single time. Uh, he who cares about the schedule most wins. Why is that the case? Well, that's the case because the schedule is is um, a record of truth. It's a tool. It's a it's a record keeping tool. Um, it, it's it's the forecast. It's it's all of these different things that. Uh, the schedule can be used for. And so he who cares about it most is going to have the most accurate, the most truthful, uh, and, and the most uh, historic data on his side. Um, so yes, there are things that you must care about. Uh, but to have a proper schedule, if somebody else wants to change their portion of the schedule and it doesn't alter yours that much, there's no large ramifications, even if you think it shouldn't be done that way, you have to say, I don't care going to document it. Of course, that's what a schedule does, but I don't care. Going to document it. Uh, you do your thing. Now they are invested in that portion of the schedule. You don't care about that portion, but you care overall about the whole schedule and you make sure that it's recorded. Well, you make sure that the schedule is set up for success, but you don't care about this one portion that this guy cares more than you about. Um, another thing is you know, I used to have a lot of very pointless arguments, and sometimes I still do. Uh, a lot of people would give me hell because I just argued on Twitter all the time. And it's 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 true um, that I still think that some of those arguments are worthwhile. You know, it's it's not necessarily that I'm trying to uh, change the other person's mind. That would that's what some people would say is they're never going to change their mind. Well, this is on the internet, and a lot of people can see it. So it's not necessarily that I'm trying to change their mind. Uh, what if somebody else reads this? What if somebody else is on the fence, is a little bit more uh, negotiable, a little bit more flexible, a little bit more open-minded, and they read this interaction, then it could change some minds. Regardless, uh, my new policy is I don't argue with anybody about something that they care more about than I do. So take football, for example. Um, I absolutely, now, good faith arguments with friends. I'll have I'll have some arguments about whether Alabama actually sucks or you know good faith arguments, um, but if you really really care about the Dallas Cowboys and you really really think that Mike McCarthy should be fired because they suck, um, I'm not going to argue with you about it. I'm going to say yeah man, uh, you sound right and go on about my day because it is not worth it to get into an argument with somebody who cares more than you do about a particular subject. The only like you're literally the only thing you're at risk of doing is losing leadership capital because he who cares most, uh, he who cares most wins. Now, a win 
doesn't always mean a win in the broad strategy. So, for example, this crappy job that he's talking about, he's mentioned it a couple times in the excerpt. Uh, don't want to do this crappy job. Well, he who cares most wins. So, um, let's say that you just absolutely care. You do not want to scrub this toilet. And there's another guy out there that he doesn't want to scrub. Uh, he doesn't want to really scrub the toilet either, but he's a lot more willing than you are. Well, if you throw a fit and you stomp your feet, uh, and if you're willing to to even get fired over this over this subject because you care so much about not scraping the toilet, uh, you're going to win that argument, but you're going to lose the broad strategy because this guy, understanding the broad strategy was way more important than just scrubbing a toilet, cared more about the broad strategy than you did. You cared more about the toilet. He who cares most wins. Th- that guy's going to uh, win out in in the broad in the grand scheme of things because he cared more about the ultimate strategic goal. So. To sum up what I'm saying here, Jocko is not saying don't care about anything. He's giving an example of when you should care, when you should not care. Uh, And most of those have to do with ego. So um, a good default is, do I just want this to be my way because it's my way? Then you should probably not care about it. Uh, If you want this to be this way because you truly think that it's right, you think that the project is going to run better with it, um, is it worth losing the leadership capital? Is it going to fatally hurt the team? Is, is the team going to collapse? Is the company going to absolutely um, take a nosedive if they make this decision? If you truly believe that, well, then maybe you need to stand your ground. If it's not that big of a deal, if you think it's going to hurt a little bit, but you're still going to be okay, uh, Jocko talks about this. If it's an 80% solution, if it's going to get the job, you know, if your solution you think it's a 100% solution, but somebody else comes to you with an 80% solution and passing is 70, uh, take that leadership capital. Let them do it their way. I don't care. We're going to get the 80% solution. This person's going to be very happy about it. They're going to work hard on it, and we're going to move on. Um, don't care. Don't care about my solution. Care about yours. Care about the broad strategic goal. So I hope that that's relatively clear, especially from a business sense. Um you know, the, the ego, uh, he's right. The ego is very powerful. I find myself just not wanting to do some things, uh, because my ego says, no, I just don't want to do them. And I feel like it lowers my, lowers my position or I'm, you know, far too far above that. Or my idea is better because I'm smarter. Uh, you know, maybe I'm younger than this person and we're in the same job position or something like that. And, I've got this new bright idea and it's like, how can you, you know, you've got, you've got, you've been in this job this long and you're not seeing this yet. Like my ego drives me very, very hard towards solutions. Sometimes that's not the right place to be. Okay. I don't need to care about some of those things. I need to care about the broad strategic goal, uh, making friends with whoever it is, uh, building leadership capital with that person so that we can have a better working relationship and so that the team can win. Uh, most of these situations, most of these arguments that I see, especially at work, uh, are fueled by the ego. I mean, just 100% by the ego. Uh, anytime that anybody is is really upset or stomping, uh, throwing a fit, um, screaming, <laughs> it's always ego. Even just mildly passive aggressive, it's always the ego. Does it really need to be done right now? Probably not. Do you just want it done right now because you're the boss and it fuels your ego? Probably. 
Um, that's, that's more than likely the case. Um, every, every time in business. Now, how does this apply to your marriage? Well, all of the things that I've just said, okay? You need to care more about the broad strategic goal of your marriage. What is the broad strategic goal of my marriage? Well, number one is to keep it together and to keep God at the center of it. That's kind of the number one goal. The second is to, uh, you know, keeping it together encompasses a lot, but the second is to uh, love my wife with service. So uh, to serve my wife forever, that's kind of the second strategic goal. Um, The third strategic goal is to uh, have children and serve them as a unit. So kind of the third strategic goal, the fourth strategic goal is to, you know, whatever that might be, uh, build a, a financially helpful marriage, you know, maybe not even financially, but uh, to uh, build a marriage that helps our community or to um, whatever, you know, go down the list of, of all the other things that you can do in your, in your marriage. Um, maintain a, a healthy physical relationship, maybe like, you know, three or four on, on broad strategic goals uh, for the marriage. But number one should be uh, keeping the marriage together and keeping God in the center. Well, if you care the most about the strategic goal, then automatically that means that you care or you should care a whole lot less about what color the walls in the nursery are. Okay. Now I don't say that in actuality. I I really like the colors of the walls in our nursery, but uh, these are the things that people fight about. These are the things that people get really, really upset about. And I am kind of one of them sometimes. Um, Again, this isn't to say that you don't care about anything. This isn't to say that you get run over. You know, I don't know how many women listen to this show, but uh, it's important to note that women get run over probably, oh, I don't know. I don't want to say that. Uh, let's let's keep it non-gender specific because I don't know what statistics really say about this because um, I know a lot of guys that get run over, but um, you're not just supposed to back down. You are supposed to care about some things, but again, it's in the broad strategic goal. You don't want to end up resenting your wife because you never get to make a decision. Um, so pick and choose the things that you care about. All right. Um, if you know your wife, uh, when it comes to the matter of the kids, you know, if your wife is constantly making those decisions about the kids and you're constantly fighting her about it, what do you need to care about? And what do you not need to care about? Uh, is, is the, honestly like, let's, let's level here is the difference between football and baseball great enough that it's going to absolutely alter the trajectory of your kid's life. Probably not. Okay, if your wife uh, and your kid prefer baseball over football, uh, is that something that you should really fight and lose all of that leadership capital for? No, it's it's just it's just not. Now you want them to try things. You want them to uh, have you know difficult experiences. You don't want to let them just quit football to go try baseball because they got hit once. That's not what you want to do. Um, so again, broad strategic goal. You don't want to let your kid be a quitter, but it really is the difference in the sport going to dramatically alter their lives. No, it's really not. You know, God forbid they go and be an MLB player and only make tens of millions versus going to uh, the NFL and making hundreds of millions. Like, oh no, um, it's not. Now, here's the thing. Uh, here's here's another scenario that we can talk about. Does your uh, does your wife want to affirm your kid's chosen gender? Well, then, it's a mighty different situation that you might want to care a little bit about. <laughs> okay, uh, there's something probably really wrong there. Um, 
if if that's the case, if you have a disagreement that big, I would say there's probably a lot lot of other issues between you and your wife that you're that di- disconnected on such an important issue. Uh, but let's use it for the example, and because it's a hot topic now, that's probably one that you should care about. Uh, in the broad strategic goal of your kid's life, of your marriage, you don't want to resent your wife. Um, and I guarantee you, if she turns your son into a girl, if she turns your son into a quote-unquote daughter, which is actually not possible, but uh, if she, she emasculates your son and turns him into a girl, uh, you're probably going to end up resenting her. I would hope, you know, hope it works out, but uh, it's just not good for the strategic goal. It's absolutely not, um, especially for your son. It turns out that it's just 100% detrimental, um, like absolutely awful, not good. Not here to discuss that, but that's something you should care about, okay? Um, whether he buys Nikes or Under Armors, probably not that big of a deal. Okay, uh, these are the things that you have to pick and choose, you know, just between you and your wife. Um, one thing that I can think about is chores. You know, I've talked in the past a lot about taking ownership for chores. The reason that the dishes aren't done is because I haven't done them. Okay, well, the first thing that you have to do uh, before you can really take ownership of something is to first put down your emotions and your ego that they're not done in the first place. You know, um, if I'm really upset about them not being done, I have to get past being upset in order to take ownership about the next action. You know, if I walk in and the dishes aren't done, I can I can flip a table and why are the dishes not done? I've got to cook dinner. Um, well, I must subdue that. Not care. I don't care that the dishes aren't done. Uh, you didn't you didn't want to wash the dishes. You didn't want to. Uh, do this menial task that you don't like. I don't care. I'll do it. Um, and it's not out of spite. It's literally, I, I don't care. It takes me 10, 20 minutes. Maybe she had something else going on. Um, whatever it might be, not a problem. Literally not a problem. You don't do it out of spite. You don't say, well, I don't care. I'll do it. Uh, you say, oh, okay. Well, she must have had something else going on. Doesn't matter at all. I can do the dishes real quick before I do dinner. Then you take ownership of it. They're not done because I haven't done them. So I need to do them. It's, it's literally like that. These are the kind of things that I promise if you implement them in your marriage, uh, it will go better. I have had, honestly, a lot of success with this. Um, I will say, this go into something that Jocko doesn't really present here. The way, the way that you tell somebody that you don't care, okay? What we're not going to do is when your wife comes to you with a decision... You don't say, I don't care. <laughs> now you can, and I've been known to tell my wife that, oh, do you think we should do, uh, you know, should I be get this onesie or this onesie for the baby? Literally don't care. There are, there are, there is a list and sometimes I'm sarcastic and give jokes and all of that stuff, uh, time and place for everything. Um, but literally a list of about 200 things that I care about more than that. Like what onesie that the child is wearing as long as it doesn't, you know, make my boy into a girl, I don't care. Or my girl into a boy, I, I, I don't care. Like, I, I just don't care. Um, and again, this has been a point of frustration because I haven't exactly mastered this. Uh, she'll come to me, oh, do you think that we should get this? <clears throat> do you think that we should get this crib or this crib? Don't care. Don't care at all. I, like, literally, don't care. Um, as long as you're not spending $2,000 on a crib, you know, don't care, make it less than like 500 bucks or something like that. Don't care. What should we put on the wall? 
don't really care. Don't really care at all. Um, don't say that to your wife. <laughs> now, again, I've been known to say that in the right time or place, but if my wife is legitimately looking for that input, um, if she legitimately wants to be reaffirmed in a decision, if she doesn't want to, if she's coming to you for a double check, let me put it that way. If she's coming to you for a peer review of her decision, then what you say is, I'm not going to care about my solution. I'm going to evaluate hers. She comes to you, says, hey, should we put this deer picture up on the wall? Uh, she's wanting to know if it's a good decision or not. Again, sometimes she just wants you to go with what she wants. Just, uh, be smart, guys. Be smart. Women are complicated. I understand that. but. Sometimes she's just looking for affirmation, but sometimes DLM will come to me and legitimately want to know um, whether she's making the right decision or not. So I must first say, I don't really care about the solution that I want. Okay. The solution as I want, you know, the solution I want is to have a big, real, you know, taxidermy elk head on my son's nursery room. You know, how cool would that be? A uh, big old taxidermy elk, you know, right there above his crib. That would actually be kind of tacky, really tacky, but. Maybe that's the solution I want. Well, I, I'm not going to care about that because in the broad strategic goal, doesn't matter at all. But when she comes to me and says, um, do you think that this is a good buy? Do you think this is a good spend of our money? Going to evaluate it. I don't know. Is the description decent? Like, uh, does this look like a reputable? Uh, I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, reputable. Does this look like a reputable seller? Are we going to get hosed on the money? Like all of these different things. You get what I'm saying. I'm going really deep into the example, but... Uh, actually give her your input, but what we're not going to care about is what we want in that situation. We're going to evaluate her decision and make sure that it makes sense to us. Make sure it's that 80% solution. We talked about that 80% solution versus 100% solution. Well, to me, taxidermy elkhead uh, hanging above our baby, which is actually probably really dangerous. Uh, watch me just put it in a drywall and not even put it into a stud. Uh, <laughs> Uh, taxidermy, ba you know, taxider taxidermy baby, geez, uh, taxidermy elk <laughs> hanging above our baby. Uh, that's a 100% solution for me. Uh, big old elk, you know, mobile looking thing, uh, hang stuff off of the nose of it, whatever. I don't care. Um, but that's 100% solution. Okay. Uh, we're turning our, our son's nursery. I'm not sure we're having a son yet. I just don't know what you put in a daughter's nursery. I literally have no clue. Um, but we're, we're, we're turning our, our nursery into a hunting shack. Uh, that's 100% solution for me. 80% solution might be whatever she just came to me with, which is a picture of a little cute deer with like big old gooey human looking eyes and, you know, making it look really cute and fuzzy and all of that stuff. Looks like a baby, looks like a, a baby deer. Um, well, you then, if that's her solution, uh, make sure it's an 80% solution. Make sure it's actually going to work. Um, if she's asking you for help and then move on. Don't care. Don't care what you want. I'll help you any way that I can. I'll support you any way that I can. This is what we're going to do, guys. It's very difficult. It is very, very tough. It's especially tough uh, with my wife. You know why it's tough with my wife? Because my wife generally give, generally does give in to what I have to say. And give in sounds like a bad word. My wife accepts leadership really, really well. Um, if you want to take a religious slant on it that most people won't like, my wife submits to her husband incredibly well in a good way. My wife is an excellent follower, but that's hard because that means that typically if I care about something very, very much, 
Um, she may oppose me on it, but it's not easy, but I can become the tyrant. I can get full of myself because my wife is really, really good at the don't care, uh, build leadership capital, follow what he wants me to do. Uh, that makes it to where I get a little too bri- you know, big for my britches. Say, well, she didn't care about this. She didn't care about this. I've had my way on all of these issues. I'm going to push, 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 and push. And so when she comes to something, I'm used to getting my way. Uh, I care very strong about this. Now, that's not great, and I may not be presenting it in the best way. My wife's not a pushover. She's really not. Um, my wife asserts what she wants when she wants it. Um, but because she is such a good follower, uh, it's hard for me to, to get into that don't care mode because uh, most of the time she's coming to me. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? And I'm giving her my opinion. Um, that's how it happens a lot. And so I have to be very, very careful, careful about this don't care. I have to actively look for opportunities to not care and to give her ownership of, of whatever it is. You know, um, the baby stuff was an excellent example. Uh, number one, an excellent example, because it all really confuses the hell out of me. Uh, number two, because for the first six months, I mean, from what it sounds like the first six months, it's kind of all her anyway. Like I'll be there, I'll read, I'll help her change diapers, whatever I need to do. But, um, this is going to be her domain. Like it's, it's going to be, uh, she's going to be the leader in, in nurturing and caring for this kid. So obviously she's the one that needs to be making the decision, but it was very nice for me to tell her in advance. Um, I don't care about the the decisions that you make. I'll help you make those decisions, but uh, you are the de- determining factor on uh, all of this equipment that we've got to have, the toys that we've got to have, the clothes that we've got to have, the decor. Um, now, in a lot of the situations, that means that you got to do it. Uh, you've got to do the thing. But as far as me arguing and bickering with you about uh, what all this stuff is and and how much we spend to a certain extent on some of this stuff, if you want to spend more on a high chair then this, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't care if it's the most expensive high chair at Walmart, if you know, or whatever it is, most expensive high chair on Amazon. If you think that's the one you need, then we'll get it. Don't care. Just be reasonable. And that was very, very good for us because my wife was able to handle it all. It took a lot of the stress on me, you know, if, or a lot of the stress off of me, you know, apart from the, you know, kind of getting my way and, and, um, having to watch myself, uh, being able to not care really does take a, a large load off of, off of a leader's shoulders. You know, if you do have a wife that, uh, is an excellent follower and, um, doesn't argue with you about every single decision that you make, um, and actually lets you do some leadership, then it does get tough because every decision is on you. It, it gets to a point to where, and this is, this is part of her learning to be a good follower as well of, you know, stepping up when she needs to step up. You get what I'm saying, but every decision is now put on, put on, put to you. You know, this is the, this is the, um, where do we go to eat, uh, argument that you hear all the time. Men, why do we hate that so much? Because we make all the decisions or, uh, we think we make all the decisions, all the responsibility for decisions is on us. Um, and so when we get asked, you know, like when somebody can't decide where they want to eat, it gets tough. Um, you know, particularly in a work situation, you know, it's, it's the guy that makes all the decisions at work and then comes home and has to make one decision that he gets really upset. Uh, very rarely do I see guys that are, um, actually a lot of guys do take the leadership role at home, but you get, you get what I'm saying. A lot of guys get run over at home as well. Um, they really, they really do. I've, I see that a lot, uh, more than what you should regardless back to my original point. 
if your wife is a really good follower, that means that you're making a lot of decisions. And um, from a kind of longevity standpoint, you know, the, the long-term strategic goal, that does wear on you. I mean, it does wear on you being the sole uh, decision maker and especially having the sole responsibility for all of those decisions. It will wear on you. And it's important to uh, to delegate and to not care about a specific process or a specific solution uh, so that you can be free of some of that some of that stress. Um, when I was able to not care about some of the baby stuff, it was very nice because that wasn't stress and research that I had to do, um, especially about something that I'm not just particularly invested in. I mean, that sounds bad, but um, I'm not going to have to do the majority of the changing on the changing pad or uh, you know, the, the rocker that, that we had to buy, the chair that we had to buy or the decor, uh, am I going to help? Obviously, duh, but I'm not going to be the one doing the majority of that stuff. Um, she is. So instead of me having to take her opinion into account and, um, make a good decision, uh, that benefits her the most. And that is something that she wants, but be the one to have to research it and do all the work and, and actually make the decision. It, it's stressful. Like it's tough, um, to do that. I mean, I would imagine like, uh, buying a car, you know, um, if I had to go out and buy my wife a car right now, she doesn't know just a whole lot about cars. Um, you know, she doesn't know which one's the best. She's entirely going to look at me and go get me something that is this big, uh, and that I can drive and it's going to be on me to do the research. All of those things. You, you see what I'm saying here to where it's like, it's her car. She's invested in it, but because she doesn't know just a whole lot about it. I've got to be the one to make the decision. It was nice to be able to not care about something and hand that over to her, uh, like all the baby stuff that we had. I haven't bought a, I don't think I've bought a single piece of baby clothing um, <laughs> at all. Uh, and it's been very nice, uh, very nice to not have to worry about some of that stuff. Um, that may sound, it may sound bad if you're trying to listen to it in a bad way. If you, if you want it to sound bad, that would sound bad. But uh, I think you, you know what I'm saying. Um, so guys, that's, that's kind of my, uh, that's my podcast. Uh, don't care, uh, pick and choose the things that you don't care about, uh, establish a priority list. What, what thing do you care about the most? Is it the long-term strategic, uh, goal of your marriage, keeping it together, uh, keeping Christ at the center of it? Uh, or is it, um, or is it which, uh, you know, which, whatever, uh, which couch that you buy? Um, is it the, uh, what you watch for TV tonight? Um, is it all of these things that, uh, don't really matter in the end and to which you can only gain leadership capital, uh, by not caring and going with their decision. Double think about it or double check. Oh, what am I trying to say? Um, think about it guys, uh, double check yourself, uh, make sure that you are, uh, constantly aware and looking for opportunities that you cannot care set your ego aside and give somebody else ownership, uh, gain that leadership capital. That's all I've got guys. Uh, this is the one flesh podcast, uh, part of the purpose podcast. Every single Wednesday we post the one flesh podcast. Every single Sunday is the Sunday series of the purpose podcast where we talk about finding and fulfilling our purpose. I've got some, uh, I'm in, I'm invigorated. I'm remotivated, uh, on the, on the podcast. We've got some guests coming. People have, uh, told me that they really like what I'm doing and they want to see more of it. They've given me better ideas. Uh, I got off the phone with Jonah, and he gave me a, a couple of good ideas uh, for some episodes in the future. So 
I am, uh, I'm motivated. I want to get y'all some good content and I'm excited. So uh, stay with me, go follow me at the underscore purpose podcast. If you haven't on Instagram and share the show with people who you think might enjoy it. Thanks guys. See ya.